It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get to shine Now throw your hands up in the sky What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zance, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. No guest this week. You know, it's been tough, but Steven, let's just get into it. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Sunday watching that abysmal performance we saw in Denver? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was tough. It was. Um, you know, it felt like Adam Gase never really left the sidelines, which is, is really difficult to see. Um, I know we're three games in. I know it's a new regime, new quarterback, new play caller, new coach, all that. But uh, it was tough. And, and um, we gave this team a really low bar to clear. And thus far through three games, um, they haven't cleared it. All we wanted to do is see competitive football. I think every reasonable Jets fan out there would say, you know, just show us progress. Show us competitive losses. Uh, let's score some points, even if it isn't a loss. Score some touchdowns. Give us something to cheer for. And honestly, that hasn't happened yet. I mean, Stephen, you and I were talking before the show. It's really two out of 12 competitive quarters so far, which just isn't, you know, that's not what the fans want to see. I get it. Uh, and, and we may look back on this and they, they may show improvement, you know, um, and I hope they do. And, and we may look back and say that these were three of the top defenses, if not three, the best three defenses they've played. But still, it's kind of hard to stay positive and, and see the light at the end of the tunnel after uh, after watching these first three games and especially Sunday's game. Yeah, I mean, look. It's been horrible. The last two games, absolutely terrible. Nothing, nothing really that positive you could take away from it because based no offensive touchdown, six points in week two, zero last week is bad. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got to realize still young team, still young staff, first time offensive coordinator, first time head coach, rookie quarterback, bad offensive line. And the offensive line looked like week one again. And Zach wasn't good. I mean, I don't think he was the problem against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think he obviously, you know, had some bad throws. He had some misses, but he got no help from his receivers. How many drop balls? They go, oh, Corey Davis just dropped the ball just right now. They got. They said they recorded, I think, four drop balls, but obviously it's subjective. And I guess the people who are recording the stat, it must have been closer to eight. I mean, I <laughs> I, um, I watched the first half because I was at a tailgate at MetLife State for the Giants game. And no, I did not go to the Giants game, but I, my friend had a thing and I just like wanted to go and we had TVs and we were watching. I didn't watch the second half until it was, the game was over fully again until I was home still like, you know, a little hungover at that point, but <laughs> so many plays were there and Connor put this in his film breakdown today on the ultimate human balance. It's like, you know, if a couple things go right, it, the game probably looks a little bit different. I mean, Michael Carter got to catch that ball. It's probably a touchdown. 
Corey Davis definitely got to catch the ball. Same drive, like you mentioned before the show. It's probably a different game. I mean, the defense is playing hard. Like, there were what the Broncos scored two touchdowns, and, it was, and there was one play when they were obviously at like the five and the Jets got at the ball back. I mean, there's things that are happening. The corners have been good. I mean, last week, you know, the best player they're playing against was Court and Sutton. I get it. You know, Tim Patrick is like an average NFL receiver at best, and KJ Hamler went down with an injury. Noah Fant didn't do anything, and he's probably their best weapon right now. I mean, Cortland's good, but Noah Fant is really good. He was really solid last year. You know, you just got to take it for what it is. So, listen, this week they're playing a softer defense. Tennessee gives up points. Tennessee's also missing players. Things are going to happen. We'll get into our game preview. But everyone needs to calm down. Three games. Three games. They're going to score touchdowns. They're going to look better. They're not – the like, they're one of the worst teams in football. I get it. I understand. But, like, the Jaguars score points. The Lions score points. The Giants score points. We're not going to score zero every week. Come on. Like, they're not a false team. I just – I can't listen to the nonsense. Yes, it's bad. Yes, there's blame to run. LaFleur has been very questionable. I mean, that one play, we had three guys who were running the same route, and then Zach gets sacked immediately. Like, how – like, what? what is that? Like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I – I'm in between you and probably the people that you're uh, you're arguing with on Twitter because I am again. I always say I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. I'm always a, a pump the brakes kind of guy. I think I say that uh, more often than not on the show. But um, honestly, man, like I said at the beginning, I'm tired of it, and I, I get it. I get where they're coming from. Like we're really not asking for much. I don't think this is the sky is falling type of thing. I think there's 14 games left to play. Sure, it was a tough game on the road. Four o'clock. It's a good team. I get it. But like this is you. I would hope. If you had asked me at the beginning of the season if they'd be 0-3, I probably would have said no, but I can understand. But being 0-3 and looking like this, this is where I see what, what some of those people are, you know, where I see the, where they're coming from. Um, I didn't think it would look like this. I really didn't. I thought that there would be much more out of the offense. Um, you know, I didn't think the line would be struggling like it is. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters and be the 99 Rams, but at the same time, I really didn't think that it would be Gase level bad. And right now, they're Gase level bad. They're worse than Gase. They are. They are. Because through through three games here, Gay scored 37 points last year. This Jets team has scored 20. So, you know, there is reason that they feel this way, and it's justified reason. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm getting near to that boat, to being in that boat with them. Um, but it's difficult. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, we have our complaints about Mike LaFleur. I think this game was a little bit better from him. There's a, still a few questionable things. I think, you know, they showed life at the end of the Carolina game. Obviously, Zach Wilson, you know, played his ass off in the second half. They came back. They made it a game. Uh, game two against New England was all on Zach Wilson. I think, even, you know, even looking back at that, you saw a lot of positives coming out of everything but the quarterback. And this game was the polar opposite of that, where Zach was the least of their problems this week. The defense played their asses off yet again. And it just seemed like nothing else clicked. The line couldn't protect, even on that play that you brought up, where they had three guys on third and six run short of the sticks, right? And Zach had nowhere to go with the ball. But even that, they had six guys blocking five and still two got through. So this continues to be a problem. And I get the frustration. And even you want to point the finger at LaFleur again, the, the third and fourth down sequence, the start, the fourth quarter, where he runs on third and four on a shotgun draw to Michael Carter and then throws a slant to Ty Johnson. Like Ty Johnson of of all people, that's what we're going to go with on fourth and two, where the game, I mean, listen, it's there's 15 minutes to go. They're down 20, nothing, but that, that's not out of reach. Crazier things have happened, but you're, yeah. that's the call you're going to make on fourth and two is a slant to Ty Johnson, who hasn't caught a ball, you know, didn't catch a ball all game, really, I don't think. Or maybe yeah, caught one exactly. early on. So 
it, you know, there's just, there's problems like that. And I think the overarching theme here is that the Jets aren't, we all know this, they're simply just not good enough to deal with some, to overcome some of the mistakes and the mishaps and the shooting themselves in the foot that they're doing. Penalties, uh, stupid penalties. I could go all day about that. Justin Hardy getting a taunting penalty down 17, nothing on a punt. Like, give me a break, a delay a game on a field goal attempt, like stuff like that. You know, these, uh, illegal man downfield, like that's, they're not good enough to overcome that. They need things to go almost perfectly to sustain drives and to, to get scoring drives. I understand that, but that's gotta be better than this, man. Yeah. This is, this it's, is bad. It's fixable. A lot of the issues are fixable. It's like catch the ball you know, better call play calls because, you know, situationally it, and Salta's his presser. He was like, it's situational football. It's like some of the things they can fix. It's not like, you know, they're not the most talented team in the world. We get that. I understand. But like the talent is better than what they're showing. And I think people need to realize it's a process. I know everyone hates that word because it just sounds like it's like patience, patience, patience. I get it. Yeah. I understand why Jeff fans are out of patience. I'm out of patience too. I mean, listen, 2015 feels like such a long time ago. And even that ended so poorly, as, as we all know. We don't like to bring it back up. But it's like, everyone, just like, you know, let the season play out. Let's see what everything that happens. The game plans are going to get better. LaFleur's going to adjust. He's not going to keep doing the same thing every week. Like, I'm sure there'll be more scripted plays. They're going to try to make Zach's life a little bit easier, protect him. It's just like, it's, you know, it was, it was rough. I agree with you. I mean, like crazier things have happened. Like they can come back from a deficit. Like we see it all the time in the league. Like mm-hmm. remember that game, Giants Eagles 2010, they were down 17 with eight minutes to go in the game. The Eagles and they ended up winning the game. Things happen. It's going to get better. It can't get worse. It, we're at rock bottom. We, <laughs> last yeah. year was rock bottom. Let's calm down. But one thing that they need to stop and this drives me crazy. And I think I got this from my dad because my dad would literally always yell about this when we watch the Jets grow up. When you get a, when you make a nice play, and you're getting your ass kicked. Do not celebrate like you're win, you just like you're winning the Super Bowl. Like stop. Like yep. and realize you were getting your ass kicked. I get it. You're in the NFL. You want to make a play. You get a sack. Whatever. You get you get a nice like tackle for a loss. Get back in the damn huddle. Like stop mm-hmm. celebrating. Like it's ridiculous. Yep. Like you're like literally embarrassing yourself. And I know the beat was kind of giving them a lot of crap on like on Twitter when that happened. But just like you know, be a man. Like just stop with that. Act like you've been there before. You're not. You're not in any position to be celebrating. If you get a pick six, and you score a touchdown. Sure, you can celebrate. But mm-hmm. we haven't seen that yet. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, two things for me come to mind. The, the, I, I mentioned it before the Justin Hardy thing, and I know you love Justin Hardy, and I, I honestly do too. He's looked great on, on special yeah, teams. And a, I think he's a, one bad blunder. One bad. Blunder. He's a, yeah, he's an all effort guy, and I really love that. But come on, man, taunting in that in that spot, and then to follow that up, then Marcus May comes back and and has a face mask on a 10 or 12 yard run. So immediately that just flips the field by 40, 45 yards. Like, give me a break. Don't do that stuff. The other thing I think is, is Quincy Williams is that on that uh, they're down 23 to nothing late in the fourth and he causes a fumble, which was a great play. Right. But he gets up and he's flexing towards the sideline. Meanwhile, the guy that recovers running down the sideline and he's failing to make a block for him. Like, don't, I agree. Don't do that. Don't celebrate. You're down 23 to nothing. Yeah. It was a nice play, but look at the scoreboard. It's the fourth quarter. Like stop doing that shit. So I, uh, I totally agree with you, man. I, um, the other thing that I, I got to vent about a little bit is um, I've said uh, two things actually. So I've said that uh, I unequivocally, I love Sala. I, I still do. I will um, until he, you know, proves me wrong. Stop talking about how good a week of practice was like, learn that that's, that's just, it's, I don't just stop that it. You, you gotta learn that this is the fan base doesn't want to hear that anymore, man. We heard that for two straight years and it never produced on the field. I don't care how good of a week of practice was. I want to see what happens on Sundays. Don't talk to me about that on the yeah. whole team on MIMS, anything like that. Second, 
Greg Van Roten and Connor McGovern, shut the hell up. Just sometimes it means a lot more when you say less. Don't talk about it. Like, that's enough. I don't want to hear it. Your rookie quarterback's not throwing you under the bus for failing to make any blocks this season and having pass protection. That's probably the worst in the league. Um, don't talk about how long he holds the ball. Say yeah. that, listen, we got to take Nobody's responsibility. Open. Yeah. Nobody's open. That's why he's it's, holding the ball. <laughs> exactly. Because the kid's running for his life trying to make a play on third and 13. Like, and, and guys are busting through left and right, and you guys can't seem to block anybody. So this would be wrong for the best guard in the game to say about his rookie quarterback, let alone Greg Van Roten, who is not the best guard in the game. So those are my two uh, my two things. Uh, I still love Salah. I do. Yeah. But stop, stop telling me how good practice was. And Greg Van Roten, just shut the hell up. Yeah. No, I was going to definitely bring about uh, Van Roten and McGovern because – I just, you know, block better. Like you do have, like they put out those stats of like the, the win rate percentage and Van Roten's like literally like fifth to last among interior offensive linemen. Like you're horrible. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like you keep getting your ass beat every single game. Like I know the line played a little bit better against New England. He still wasn't very good against New England. Everybody else was good. Like Morgan Moses has been pretty good. Veritak has been good. Fans been up and down, but pretty solid for the most part. But the mm-hmm. other two are terrible. And they need to yep. just stop opening their mouth. Zach always says the right things. You should do the same thing. And then as far as Salah with the practice stuff, agreed. Like, he's still getting used to the press mm-hmm. conferences. He's still getting used to how to handle New York media. He's going to realize you can't you can't do that. Like, I I rather him take more accountability and be like, you know what? Like, we didn't execute well, and we got to be better. We're going to practice harder. We're going to game plan better. We are going to put these players in a better position to win. Say stuff like that. Don't just say we had a great week of practice. I don't really care. You could be encouraged about Zach. You could say, you know, he's going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. His processing is good. His preparation is good. That's fine. Whatever. But at the end of the day, don't say we had a great practice when you're at, when you don't score a touchdown or you don't really score points at all for that matter. It just, it's case like. And I agree with you. And I didn't, I kind of expected better. But for the most part, I would say Salah is good in the presser. You know, mm-hmm. he's honest. I think he, he gives pretty, like, you know, thought, thorough answers versus Gates. Like, gotta watch the film. Gotta watch the film. Like, he answers questions. Yeah. But, He's learning. This is something mm-hmm. that's new. You know, at the end of every game when he was a defensive coordinator, he wasn't always talking to the media. He talked to the media maybe once a week during practice. So it's like he'll learn. He, he's yeah. going to learn. It's just, you know, it's going to take time. But, yeah, it's gotta, you got to be better in front of the mic. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And, uh, you know, on the flip side, I think we should commend guys, the, the young guys especially. So, you know, Quinn Williams, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, all taking responsibility, bearing that burden on their shoulders, saying that they got to be better. Michael Carter coming out and saying that, you know, I've made that catch a hundred thousand times and this is the one that I dropped and I don't care if it's tipped, but I got to catch that. So you see, you know, the young group that's going to lead this team uh, for the future, uh, taking the accountability, doing the right things, having good press conferences and not throwing their teammates under the bus. So that's a a positive thing um, that I think come away from this. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I definitely want to talk about the other Michael Carter at some point, but I think we should definitely talk about Marcus May because that was something that happened today. And definitely is a huge blow to the defense because I know May had a really, really bad penalty, but he's been pretty good all, mm-hmm. all year long. I mean, he's been one of the most consistent players outside of Mosley. Mosley's been the best overall player on the team, I would say, every single week because he shows up every game. But, you know, May has a sprained ankle, I think, because they didn't really say what, just an ankle out three to four weeks. So, you know, he's probably out a month. And it's definitely going to hurt. I mean, the safety area was – the safeties were an area of concern to begin with, you know, since – what joiner went down. Um, obviously red wine was terrible, but Ashton's supposed to come back this week. I don't know if he's going to play, but I would imagine if he's healthy enough to practice, they're probably going to try to get him out there. Cause mm-hmm. who the hell else is playing? I forgot the other guy you mentioned before we got one live, who's going to be back, but yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. But I mean, the Jets are lucky. Tennessee's probably out with their out with two receivers that we definitely give us problems. So mm-hmm. he might be able to hide it for a week, but it's not going to be easy every game. 
Um, but yeah, the one thing about the May thing that bothered me, and I, you didn't know about this until I told you, and Samini actually tweeted this out, was uh, Marcus May's agent, Eric Burkhart, uh, tweet, quote tweeted uh, in Rappaport reporting the news saying I'll be healthy by the deadline. We don't need that. I don't care. Congratulations. Like, yeah, you, you want more money. I get that. And your, your client's annoyed. But you know what? He's not that good. He's not getting a huge contract. He's a, he's a serviceable NFL safety. He's nothing that any team is going to break the bank for. I can promise you that. He hits the open market. Like I said to you before, we lucky if he gets four years, 40 million and half of that guaranteed. He's not getting mm. crazy money and you're still making $10 million this year. It's not like you're not getting paid. So, you know what? If he wants out of here, get rid of him. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. And that's how I feel about any team I root for. Like I'm a huge Knicks fan, as you know, like Julius Randle wants to be here. And he's been saying that all along since before he signed his long-term extension. If you want to be here, I want you here. If you don't, get out. And you know what? Jamal Adams, so happy he's gone. So I missed that tackle last week. That was just cracking up. You're paying a lot of money for that missed tackle. There's, there's my rant about May. What do you think? I, no, man, I, I like it. Yeah, that was uh, it was news to me what his agent tweeted. I, I didn't know that, but uh, it's it's kind of comical. I mean, honestly, like May's a good player. He's a top two to three player on this defense. There's no question. I think he's one of the quiet leaders in this team, um, you know, aside from his captaincy being uh, apparently, quote unquote, stripped from him. Um, but at the end of the day, man, he's a 28 year old safety. Like it's, it's, he's not in a make or break position. It's, it's clearly not a high value position for Joe Douglas. Um, I don't think just judging by what uh, Robert Sala is doing with his secondary, that it's a high value position for, for Sala either. So, you know, him being worth a ton of money. No, I don't see it. And, and yeah, I agree with you because I don't really want guys that don't want to be here. I want guys that want to be a foundational piece for the future. Um, while I think may is a nice player and he certainly is, he's been, he's been, you know, somewhat, he's been balling out for the first couple of weeks here. I'd say, yeah, I'd say that you're right. He's probably the second best player on the, on the defense outside of CJ Mosley. But at the end of the day, he's not worth a huge contract and, and give me a break. You're on the franchise tag this year, like play the season out and then see what happens later. Don't, don't tweet stuff about the deadline, uh, you know, coming from his agent. He's, actually, like, right. he's like a baseball player who's still like on his, like a minor league deal when he's not even making yeah. a million dollars. You're still making yeah. $10 million. Most people never see that money in their entire life. Calm down, Agreed. man. Like get Agreed. over yourself. And he's 28. Like it's, you know, this is a young team. It's the youngest team in the league. They're clearly building pieces for the future. You know, they're, they're grabbing pieces to build for the future. Maybe May is not part of that, but it's, it's not the time. The team's 0-3. Don't go tweeting about the deadline and the fact that it'll be healthy by it. So you can move them. Like, True. give me a break. Yeah, it just, yeah. It's, it's, it's other teams take note of that. Like if you're acting yeah. immaturely that teams aren't going to want you like teams, like they look into everybody, like, you know, when they're considering you for free agency, you're going to the draft, like, any every little thing is under the microscope, and that's just it's not a good look. And like, yeah. just just play football, man. Like, get healthy, play football. I hope you're okay. Yeah, um, but oh, you hold guys. on, I'll, yeah. So <laughs> you know, in regards to May on the field, though, I mean this. You know, the deck continues to get stacked against this defense, which, yeah. you know, Connor said it a bunch of times on Badlands, and I agree with it, like punching above their weight class, which they've done week after week. I mean, they're on the field, it feels like. 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, and they continue to hold strong and they continue to take hits. I mean, the hit obviously to the D line with Carl Lawson being gone in training camp. Um, you know, Mosley feels like he's been by himself because, uh, you know, uh, Gerard Davis got hurt. Uh, I think Nasraldeen and, and Sherwood have both been banged up a little bit. So you got Quincy Williams filling in, filling in there. The safeties are banged up. You got every rookie under the sun is playing corner, but still they somehow are managing to do this. That's um, it, it is. It's 100% coaching. 
Exactly. So as bad as we've, as, as we feel about the offense and the floor and, and what Sal is doing, overseeing that, you got to feel as good about that on the defensive side of the ball, because he is having an impact there and him and Ulbrich are coaching their asses off. And you got to feel good about that because they're keeping us in games that I don't necessarily think we should be in. So we'll see how that translates on the field, man, because I, the, the depth is just not there. So now you're relying on Ashton Davis to hopefully come back, who's back to practice. Sherrod Neesman, who's back to practice. I don't know if they'll be 100% healthy by Sunday, but I don't know what the plans will be if they're not now with May out. So this is going to be – it's already at bare bones here. We'll see We'll see what happens come we, Sunday and who's, who, who they trot out there. Well, since they've been using Michael Carter the second a lot in the slot, they may put Gidry back out there in safety because that's typically what you do when your safety yeah. depth is hurting. Usually move a corner to play safety. Typically yep. that happens usually when a guy gets a little bit older. I know like good corners, once they age, they'll put them back out back. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think Sal will get creative with how they run the defense, especially with their depth being a little bit waned back back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some reinforcements coming. And Will was saying this best earlier today. It's like one good thing happens, a bad thing happens. So, like, yes. you know, we find out that Crowder's probably trying to come back, of course, and Ashton's coming back, and now we lose May. But Crowder coming back, is going to have a much bigger impact than any of us want to accept or believe. And you've been very high on keeping Crowder, and I was more of in the camp of trading him. But given how many drops I saw last week, I want him on the field this week. He needs to be out there. He's always been reliable with his hands. That's always been something you can rely with him since he got here in 2019. Mm -hmm. So I think he'll definitely make Zach's life easier if he's out there, especially on third down, just like, we, the tight end play is not existent. I mean, Croft is hurt. They said he's probably going to be okay, but he's probably not going to play. And if he does, he's not going to be 100%. We need a safety valve for Zach. So when, when all else fails, he's got Crowder. He can literally hit him five yards up, get that first down. So I'm excited to see Crowder. I'm hoping, you know, he, he's ready to go because, you know, groin could be a little tricky and his conditioning may not be there because, you know, he was sitting out a lot. But um, what are your thoughts on since you are a Mr. Crowder supporter? <laughs> <laughs> I am a Mr. Crowder supporter. And I think, you know, I've said it before. I think uh, we always talk about the Gase Freedom Watch, but you got to give Crowder credit for being the, the the best, you know, having good seasons under Adam Gase. I mean, that's got to be worth something here. So maybe he gets a bump simply because he's not going to be in a Gase offense. But I mean, through the first three weeks, we still look like a Gase offense. So we'll, we'll see. But I think, I, I guess when you boil it down though, I'm just a proponent of getting the best players on the field when you're at the state the Jets are at right now, which is uh, not uh, blessed with a plethora of talent type of team, right? They just don't have it there. And you have a young quarterback to so just get as many good players as you can out on the field. And this, this bodes the same way for my Denzel Mims talk. Like, Get him out on the field. He can make plays. You can't tell me that he couldn't have made some of those catches that we're, we're complaining about, you know, these guys dropping that. I tweeted it out on Sunday, that Barrios play, like that was just salt in the wound because the game was over at that point. But the Barrios play, that, that should be a catch. Zach Wilson yeah. climbs the pocket perfectly. He throws across the middle. Barrios can't handle it. Denzel Mims would have made that catch. Yeah. So I am all for hundred percent, all for getting the best and, and the, the most talent out in the field to support this young kid. So we can see what he actually has here, because that's all that matters. This, that everything we have is tied to Zach Wilson and you're not going to get a good enough realistic look at it. If you don't surround him with talent, we felt good about this receiving core coming into this year, better than we felt in a long time. And I feel like the coaching staff is kind of botching it a little bit. And obviously injuries are playing with that, but let's get a good look. Let's get Mims and Crowder back out on the field with Corey Davis, hopefully Elijah Moore, who we may not see now with a concussion. Um, I think the use of the tight ends has been weird 
I don't know what's going on Stop there. They with keep the 12 personnel. To, that's Adam Gates. They, yeah, they keep trying to fit a square peg in a round hole here, and that's extremely – it's it's concerning. It's it, I, I don't get it because uh, you don't have the personnel for it, but um, let's just get people out on the field that can play and catch the ball and get and get an open space. That's bottom line. That's the it. The problem with the tight ends is, like, everybody knows that none of them are a legit receiving threat. Yeah. So it's like when they're out there, you're probably running the ball, and it's pretty easy to diagnose as a defense because – no one's worried about Ryan Griffin. No one's worried about Croft or Dan Brown. I actually was excited for Croft, but he hasn't done anything, and now he's hurt. Yeah. Honestly, I said this on Monday kind of as a joke. Make Mims his tight end. Put Line him out there. I know he's not big enough. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. But he's a body. He's tall. He's a hell of a, he's a, hell of a blocker. Yeah. That's another thing. Like he's a hell of a blocker out there. So yes, absolutely. And be flexible. Good coaches talk, talk about what their yeah. players can do, not what they can't do. So find a way to get them on the field. And I don't want to go down this Mace, uh, I'm sorry, Mims rabbit hole again, but I will a little bit because I talked last week about them, you know, feeling like the coaches were talking about talking out of both sides of their mouth. You know, it, I guess to prove that point a little further, like, Obviously, Salah's mantra is playing the young guys. He's doing it with the corners, and he's letting them learn on the fly. Why aren't they taking that same mentality when the court, when the uh, wide receiver room looks the way it does, and Mims is there to be, you know, to be had? I don't get that. It doesn't make sense to me. So I'll end with that. I think he plays this week. If he doesn't, there are he's bigger things. They, they're better. He better be. Well, but. If Elijah's out and Jeff Smith might be out now because but he yeah, no car accident tonight, but he's okay. Thankfully, no injuries. Yep. But. Imagining they want to be very very cautious with him just because you never know. He could have like a little whiplash or just effects. Yeah. He's playing this week. I'd be stunned if he does not play. So would I. But I would, yeah, I mean I'd be mad, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore banged up, Croft banged up, Jeff Smith banged up. If Denzel Mims can't find his way on the field this week, then it's something bigger is at play here than we know of. Yeah. 
no, I, I agree with you. Um, we were, I, well, on my list was to talk about Mims, but we could, we could retire <laughs> that. I think, I think we've talked about this the last two games <laughs> ad nauseum just because it just hasn't made sense. So yeah, let's, let's hope for better results with that. But um, yeah, I mean, we talked about GVR, we talked about McGovern. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, just move on to the next game. So, I mean, I'm not too worried, you know, it's still a lot of new stuff, new pieces and everything like that, but you know, we could talk a little bit about the game coming up. I think, you know, it's important. There's a lot of factors here. I mean, the Jets are back home, which is good. Not that we have the greatest home field advantage in the world, but I will say this. And I don't remember if I said this after the Patriot game. I was actually pleasantly surprised that there weren't as many New England fans at the game. Maybe just because they're like, we're going to crush them. Why do I want to be there? I don't know. But it was definitely a lot more Jets fans than I thought. So my hope is this week, you know, people haven't jumped ship. It feels like everyone has based on what you see on Twitter and everything like that. But I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be a decent crowd. I think this is an opportunity for the Jets to take advantage of a game that probably people didn't think that they can win. I mean, it's a seven and a half point spread, but Tennessee's banged up. I mean, if they don't have AJ Brown and they don't have Julio Jones and Ferkser first came back to practice because he's like their third option really in the receiving game, who's he throwing the ball to, Tannehill? It's like guys I never heard of. I mean, Derek Henry is the best running back in the league by my estimation. So I get that. Well, he's going to have his day. Like, I mean, the Jets just are going to expect that, though. I mean, there'll be plays when they know he's going to go right up the middle, but his just size and, you know, speed is just going to overpower them at times. So stop the run, and you can win this game. Like, it's it's that simple. And execute your game plan. You know, make plays. Don't, you know, come out lifeless on offense. Like, the number one thing for me is if they get the ball first, score. Score points early. Like, surprisingly, Gase had moments where we'd actually score a touchdown or, like, at least a field goal on the first drive of the game and then do nothing the rest of the game. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying take that blueprint, but, like, get points on the board. I, yeah. Tennessee's defense is not that good. I mean, it's not the worst defense in the league, but they give up points. I mean, they gave up, what, almost 40 to Arizona. They gave up, uh, like, high 20s to Seattle. Last week, I think they gave up 20 to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? We could score. Like, it's going to happen. Let's let's hear your thoughts on this game preview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, returning home in a non-Patriots game, maybe the pressure's off a little bit. I think that's good. I think if they play loose uh, and if we finally see that LaFleur and, and Salah kind of learn something from the past three weeks, um, you know, hopefully that'll be good. I think this is a winnable game. Uh, I, I really do. Um, it depends on which Jets team shows up, but if we can kind of combine uh, the, or actually if we can erase the problems from each of the last two weeks, obviously that's easier said than done, but like uh, if Zach can play the game he did against Denver and the jet, the rest of the Jets team can play the game they did against New England and combine those efforts, then I think we'll be in good shape. I'm reminded, you know, a little bit, I'll date myself, but I remember 2002 was a great year for Jets, for Jets fans. It was the last year they won the division, but they started off just awful. They won the first game at Buffalo. They came out the next three weeks and just looked God awful on offense with Vinny Testaverde. They made a switch to Chad Pennington. The next week they played the Chiefs at home. It was a good Chiefs team with Priest Holmes. I want to say Trent Green, um, and they lost a close one, but they scored points. I think it was like 28-25 or something, but they had it, you know, it was there at the end to be had, and that kind of spurned a run for the rest of the season for them to, you know, uh, to do some big things and to, to, you know, to move the ball, get good on offense, all that stuff. So even if that is what happens this week, I'd be happy. If you come out with a 28-25 loss where the offense shows progress, I am fully happy with that. I'm, I'm That's perfectly fine with me i don't need to see a win i just want to see points that's it no just be in the game be competent yep. don't be like a laughing stock even the last two games like 
No LOL Jets. Like, I want to, like, yeah. just, like, you know, Zach, throw for 250, throw for two touchdowns. Ty Johnson, run for 100 yards. Carter, same thing. Like, do some things. Yeah. I will say, Corey Davis revenge game. That's, I think <laughs> yep. he's going to be extra motivated. And I saw during his presser today, he said that the Titans made zero effort to retain him. And he's like, you know, it bothered me a little bit. So I think he's going to play with some fire. And, uh, you know, he knows that he hasn't played well the last two games. Had a lot of drops in week two. Mm-hmm. He was just awful. I mean, he dropped the pass that basically was an interception for Zach. Corey Davis plays well today. I mean, there, two weeks ago, two weeks ago on this show, we were saying how great Corey Davis was, what a signing it was. That guy didn't just go away. He's going to execute. He's going to be better. He, you know, he has talent and he's got size. I think, I think we're going to see a good game out of Davis. I mean, it, if we don't, then I'm going to start getting concerned because this secondary is not something that he can't expose. And who else knows this secondary better than Corey Davis, considering he practiced against it just a year ago. And then a lot of those guys for the past three, four years. So I think Corey Davis is definitely going to have a nice bounce back game and everyone will get off his back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. And I think you're right. I mean, if all he's got to do is catch the ball, he, he would have, you know, he probably would have had 100 yards in two out of the three games had he just caught the balls that were, you know, 90% of the balls that were thrown to him. I think, yeah, if he if he doesn't, he looks the way he did in the last two games. I think there's concern for Davis. I think there's also just concern for this receiving core. If he doesn't look like the guy we paid him to be, or at least 90% of the guy we paid him to be, that's problematic for the whole for the whole receiving core here because he's supposed to be a number one guy. And clearly, Zach Wilson, uh, has comfort with him because that's the guy he's looking for all the time. Um, so if he doesn't return to form and get back to that, you know, week one status, then uh, I think that's problematic for Davis, obviously, but it's problematic for the entire Jets offense. Yeah, I agree. But I kind of want to go back to Zach a little bit because obviously people are like not worrying, like, do we make the wrong decision with Sam Darnold and everything? And also do, like taking the wrong guy. Let's, let's just take a look around the league because if, if I'm looking at everything I've seen correctly, all these rookie quarterbacks have been abysmal. And finally, finally, Mac Jones was not good. His stats do not show how bad he really was. He basically threw the ball 50 times to even get, still didn't throw for 300 yards. So what I'm trying to say is we've been spoiled as football fans the last, you know, five to seven years because we've had rookie quarterbacks who were successful early on. And our boy, Mark Sanchez, had a great point on off. I think it was um, the show on FS1, I can't remember, with Asho and Marcellus Wiley, um, yep. whatever. But anyway, he basically was saying how Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco were the reason why rookie quarterbacks are like thrown into the fire just because they were successful early. Everyone's like, we got to do it. But the teams that are picking these quarterbacks, including us, who are horrible, Jaguars too, are awful. So it's not going to be easy for them. They're not like going into the situation that Mahomes went. And Mahomes literally sat for a year and had talent and had one of the best play callers and coaches in the NFL last 25 years. Like, Everyone needs to stop expecting greatness from everybody. Like the minute they step on the field, it just, it takes time. Like, yes, there's exceptions to the rule. There's guys who just, Justin Herbert's amazing. Like I so impressed by him. I mean, what he did last week going into Kansas city and beating the chiefs, he's, he's the real deal. And I'm sure if the Bengals could do it all over again, they're, they're taking him over Joe Burrow. So my point is, is stop expecting instant gratification. We, as humans, that's what we want, and I get it. We're starving for good quarterback play. We're starving to be a competitive team. I get all of that, but you have to remember where we were, and we're still not out of the woods yet. I'm starting to question Joe Douglas a little bit. I mean, that 2020 class is bad. Like, 
listen, Bryce is good. Becton was good last year. Got hurt this year. We'll see when he comes back. Hopefully back after the bye week. I don't know what's going to be because since he did have the surgery, he's going to be maybe a little bit longer than we hoped. But, you know, everyone just needs to calm down and, like, give Zach some time, man. Like, literally, it's like if I was a quarterback with the way that we just treat them, like, if, like, if everyone's bailing on Zach so early on, it's like, a quarterback should avoid us. Like, remember that whole thing with Trevor Lawrence? Mm-hmm. He should avoid the Jets and we were in position to get him. It's like, yeah, like, but listen, at the end of the day, like, Zach is going to play better. He's, he's going to eventually take things with the defense he's giving to him. He's not going to, you know, just do the hero play every game. And he, he really wasn't trying to do that against the Broncos. He just was a victim of drops. I mean, one of his, I mean, one of his picks, obviously, was, like you said, was through Barry Rose's hands. He's got to catch that mm-hmm. ball. The other one was horrible. I mean, you know, it's a rookie. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to just take it for what it is and just keep watching and hope for better results. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't like, I haven't said for once that Zach was, that this was the wrong pick taking Zach Wilson. It was the wrong thing to do. Like, yes, we're three games in, but even, even watching these three games, like he's still, to me, he still looked the part. And I I mean, he had a bad game against the window. There's no excuse for that, but he's playing Belichick defense. Like Belichick does that to every rookie quarterback he face, he faces. So like, I'm not out on Zach and I still think that he looks the part. And I think he's looked pretty good. I think overall, like, honestly, he wasn't the problem against Denver. He certainly wasn't the problem against Carolina. He was the reason that we were back in the game. So I think he's had one good game, one bad game and one meh game. And for a rookie, that's not bad. Like, yeah. I mean, you got to remember, I think Sanchez brings up a great point because literally, I mean, even if you go to, to Mahomes, who sat for a year, there are stories about Tyreek Tyree Hill saying that when he saw Mahomes in practice, he thought he was ass, right? right? And like, that's his first year, and he's, but he was learning under Alex Smith. Like, so that's, a you know, there's so many of these examples. I mean, even Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions in his rookie year. Like, people forget about that. And the Colts went three and 13, but the next year they were 13 and three and won the division. So there's a lot of things at, at play here. Um, I do think in, in regards to Zach, he, to me, he still looks the part. I still have confidence in him. I think there's nowhere to go, but up. I think his demeanor, his mentality, everything I've heard about the way he watches film, the way he carries himself. I think he's on the right trajectory. I really believe that we got the right one. Um, you know, there were a couple of passes that he dirted on, on, uh, on Sunday that he probably would want back on the first series. I remember the one to Elijah Moore on the sideline, like he probably wants that back, but overall he hasn't looked bad. I do think, and they brought it up uh, a couple of times in the broadcast too. Um, first of all, the loss of Greg Knapp, I, I think is, is probably hurting a lot more, so much than, more than people realize, right? Because, and not only is he a great coach who coached the likes of guys like Steve Young, um, he's got to be a mentor for Michael Floor, and he's a seasoned veteran that that would have been there for a young offensive coach, let alone a young offensive quarter or young quarterback. Uh, the other thing is the lack of a veteran presence uh, from a player standpoint in that locker room. Um, I think that's important, and the Jets don't have that. I mean, who is Zach Wilson leaning on? Mike White? Like, you know, give me a break. I mean, even Sam Darnold had Josh McCown. I think no one can quantify that, but there's no question that was important for Sam in his rookie year to have a guy like Josh McCown in his ear and to go and to talk to every time on the sideline and be in practice with every single day. So I think that is is lacking. And I think if there's, there's a couple of things that we could point to from Joe Douglas to say he missed, I think that's one that they would I like agree. back is to get a veteran quarterback in that room to be with uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they haven't tried to get Nick Foles. I mean, maybe Chicago doesn't want to get rid of him, but like, well, apparently it could be in line to start this week. <laughs> seriously, but like there's just no I mean, based on what I saw from Fields last week, he he looked worse than Zach is even though Zach threw four interceptions against New England, he still like, you know, had some decent throws. I Justin Fields had 
net one passing yard. He was sacked nine times. It's like yeah. Nick Foles could be better than that. I mean, he's been a star of the NFL. He won a goddamn Super Bowl for Christ's sake. But like having a guy like that would help Zach a lot, which is noticing things, especially when he comes off the field, if they have like a bad drive or something, you know, he could be like, you know, you miss this. This is what something you got to mm-hmm. look for. Like, this is something that the blitz is going to be like, listen, I'm not next to those guy by any stretch of imagination. I just watch football. I like it and everything like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely one, like, just like, like Robbie Anderson go, but Robbie hasn't done anything this year. So maybe Joe Douglas was something. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the lot, the loss of nap has been a lot bigger than we thought. And, you know, I think it's just, it's going to take time. I keep saying this and nobody wants to hear it. And I totally get that, but everyone's just got to calm down. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, the, you know, I feel good for Sam Darnold. I, I really do. You know, yeah. there's obviously a big part of me that's rooting against him because I want the better draft pick from, you know, what we got from Carolina. Um, but the kid's in a good situation. He's a good kid. I, I'm rooting for him. But honestly, I said it last week, too. I, I, I haven't thought twice about giving up Sam Darnold. I don't think that this situation would be any better. I think it It'd may be actually same, be if worse. Not worse. If, if Sam Darnold were the quarterback, but you would be like Benjamin, you'd be like, exactly, because exactly. He's four years in. And <laughs> yeah. And then we, cause he's not, this isn't the same structure as Carolina. This isn't the same foundation as Carolina has. It's not, not nearly the defense, not nearly the offense um, and the, and the weapons that he has around him there. But uh, if Sam Darnold were here and he were struggling and the jets were 0 three, then we'd be talking about what the hell are we doing trading that second pick? And why do we give up that opportunity to keep Sam here when clearly he's not the answer coming into a quarterback class in 2022 that doesn't look as good as this one did. And, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know. Jets fans are just never going to be happy. Zach Wilson's the guy. It was the right thing to do there. Everything is aligned from the GM to the coach to the quarterback. Now we're all on the same trajectory here. Just let it play out. We're three games in Zach Wilson's the least of our problems. I agree. And, you know, I was talking to DJ from the daily news and he was saying, he's like, the talent's there. He's, you know, he's, he's getting into some, he's doing some bad things, but it's all correctable stuff. It's not like he can't make the throws. He's, he's the best arm talent we've seen of a Jets quarterback since I don't even know how long. I mean, Gino had a really good arm, but like Darnold didn't have the arm he has. Fitz definitely didn't. And Fitz is like, you know, he had like a weird thing where he didn't have this like amazing arm, but he could sling it. I don't know. He almost was like a touch slinger, if anything. (laughs) Chad literally was a lollipop thrower. Um, I got to go way back. I mean, Chad was really the first quarterback that I was watching. I mean, I saw older Vinny, not like peak Vinny, like 1998 and everything like that. I wasn't watching at that point. Well, peak peak Vinny was still older Vinny. I think he was 36 and 98. So, and Vinny T could still get off the couch right now and throw a ball through a brick wall. So he had the (laughs) arm strike. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I, I don't think I ever mentioned this on the show, but really the first the first season I watched from start to finish and have been doing it ever since is 06. 04 mm-hmm. is when I started getting into it, but 06 is definitely where it was. I mean, I just wasn't into football when I was younger. It took me some time, but yeah, I mean, the, I just remember going to that game. It was uh, Bengals-Jets, 04 home opener, Carson Palmer's first start. Curtis had that amazing run and yep. you know, we won that game. So, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time. Um, yeah. All right, let's do some game picks. I'll let you go first. Um, I've already made it clear on Twitter, as my mentions have been going after me, like as if I committed a crime or I offended their mother or I just said something to bother them. All I was just trying to do was get some positive vibes there. Like last week, I was more of the negative one. I didn't think they were going to win last week. I didn't think they would get shut out. You yeah. were more optimistic than I was. Some, and yeah. now it seems like it's flipped a little bit because I'm <laughs> optimistic this week. So I want you to go first and I'll make my case. Yeah. Um, oh man, this is a tough one. So honestly, 
it's hard to judge because really what we've seen the first three weeks give you, gives you no reason for hope, but I got to assume. And like you've been saying, I'll show they're going to turn it around at some point. They're going to score points. It's the NFL. I think this is the week that they show signs of life. I think they're still going to lose. I think it's something like, uh, 31, 24, uh, Titans. It, it turns out to be that, that Derek Henry is just a little too much for the Jets defense to handle. Um, but the Jets show signs of life. They, they, they score some points against a, a weak Titans defense and, uh, and Zach Wilson looks better. Corey Davis bounces back. Maybe Mims gets a catch or two, who knows? Um, but maybe the defense breaks a little more than they have in the first three weeks. Um, especially against Derek Henry, who they're probably going to just comp- continue to pound, um, you know, being down AJ Brown and, uh, and Julio Jones. So, um, that's what I'll go with jets go 0 four but they show signs of life uh 31 24 titans but i think it makes it a make or break week for the following week for the jets uh with atlanta and london because i think if we go 0 five man all hell's gonna break loose so they got to get themselves to one four yeah well they might go 0 six if going into the bye week because the jets lose <laughs> the bye every year <laughs> that video last year was really funny of, of um, the guy who always imitates our ancestor pretending to be gay so yeah. losing to the bye that was really funny okay so i'm the opposite of you and i feel like i gotta back this up so I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by one. I think it's going to be Oof. 28 to 27. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be high flying. It's going to be, you know, what we were hoping to see. We're going to see some plays down the field. We're going to see the receivers get open. We're going to see them score some touchdowns. I think Zach is going to throw for like 250 to 80-ish. I think uh, he'll throw two touchdowns. I think he's not going to throw, throw any interceptions. I don't think this, this blitz is going to make him, you know, make some bad decisions. I think the running backs bounce back in a big way. I think Coleman should be back. I know it was like he was out because of like sickle cells. They were just being precautious with him. and They just didn't want him to, you know, mm-hmm. if anything happened to him. He's the best um, blitz pickup guy we have. So we definitely need him in that regard, especially on third down. Um, but yeah, I think the defense that we're playing against is definitely the weakest of the, of the four that we have gone through after this game. Um, I think that, you know, Vrabel's a solid coach. I like him. I, I think he does some questionable things. And I know my boy Glenn, I think, is, you know, watching the show. And he says how much he hates Vrabel. And he's been saying to me all week that he thinks the Jets are going to win. He was saying it last week. And I was like, I don't know, man. But I just – and Will said this in our Slack about, like, an hour before we went live. I, he's like, 2019 Dallas game. We all are, like, just ready to just jump ship. This is that game where we just kind of come out and it just looks much better. And – you know, I think Zach realizes bad first impression with the home fans. I think he's going to look much better. He's going to look more confident. He's not going to, he's going to take what the defense is giving him more short, short, immediate, short to intermediate throws. Excuse me. 28, 27 Jets. I like it. I like the optimism. A little change of pace for you. You know what, man? You've hit <laughs> rock bottom. It's not, I, I want to speak things into existence. I just There's- think that, you know, I think LaFour is going to learn from his, his mistakes. I think that, you know, it's just, we're not going to go 0 and 17. Like, we're going to show life. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, I thought we would go 0 and 16 last year. We won two games. We, yeah. You know, it's a good comparison to this game, the Browns game last year. All the receivers were out. They have two good running backs, and we found a way to win that game. So, yeah. You're not wrong. I'll take it. I and just, the Browns were a good I, team. I know. I agree with you. I uh, I just want a reason to jump off my couch with excitement. That's it. Like, just give me a touchdown that I can cheer for. Just give me some big play. Like, let me be in it at the end of the game and and happy for once to be watching quality football. That's literally all I care about. We've given them the lowest bar to clear ever. Just start to get over it, please. <laughs> I agree with that. I totally agree <laughs> with that. I mean, if for some reason I'm wrong and it's 28-27 Titans, I'm ecstatic. Fine. Yeah, like that means like it was a fun game. Like, yeah, exactly. It was a rough one, but 
the fans will be a lot happier knowing that they can actually score some points and it was a close yeah. game and, you know, they're not going to get on as much the staff. It'll be like, we're, we're getting closer. I, I just yeah. think that Salah's going to make changes. I think that they're going to prepare really well. I think being at home is definitely going to help them. Definitely. You know, they, you know, two of the first three games being on the road is tough and, you know, they showed life. I think, I think we're going to see more, <coughs> excuse me, of what Zach looked like in the second half against Carolina this week. I really I, do. I, I hope that. so. And I think from a from a higher like a higher level from a coaching standpoint, I really like to see him cut down on penalties. I think there's been too many over the course of the first three weeks, uh, too many backbreaking penalties too. Like I, I we we have to cut that down. Fifty-six uh, yard field goal. We got a freaking uh, delay game. Like are you kidding? Yeah, like, and that's you know th- we'll debate if that's on Morstead or if that's on coaching. Like who knows? I mean Morstead, you know he was there and ready with with eight seconds to go, but he kept looking at uh, um, at Amendola to see if he was ready. It was you know so I don't know. But the other thing that I want to see, I want to see some. I obviously want to see some more from the floor. I want to see you know we brought it up last week. I told you my. Bill's friend buddy was talking about RPO. Dan Arlovsky tweeted it this morning. Like, give Zach some 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 room to make a run here. Like, let him let him take some early hits. Let him you know do that in the beginning of the game to get him in a bit of a groove. Get him on the move. Get him out on the run. Like, do some things different that put him in a position to succeed. Get him in some screens. I mean, if they're if the Titans are going to be blitz happy, then throw a screen over it and let's get some easy yards. And for God's sakes, catch the ball. Please. <laughs> one one more gripe on Salah. Do not use a timeout 15 seconds into the second half. That drove me crazy. <laughs> like that That's... and calling and calling a timeout after like, you know, um change of possession or like just yeah. like the first play of the drive, like yep. like that kind of stuff. You cannot That's do that that stuff we talk about we talked about you know before the season started was those are the things that you don't really know about a coach until you see him coach in game um and those are the, hopefully the learning experiences and hopefully he, he is the type of guy that can learn that's something that rex ryan never learned uh that's something that adam gates was terrible at todd bowles was terrible at time management they just never got it um so we'll see if sal is different and can uh can kind of change that for us but yeah i, I agree with you uh, time management clock management um how do you use your timeouts? Yeah, that's a that's a big thing, and that that's that's annoying when they do. Yeah, that. like don't go to the Andy Reid school of time management. Hopefully, Andy <laughs> Reid's okay. I believe he is, but yeah, yeah watching Andy Reid late in games sometimes has definitely been eye scratching over the, over the course of me watching football. But uh, yeah. Stephen, any closing thoughts? I'm optimistic. You're not as optimistic, but you feel better. I'm, I feel better. I think this is the week that they at least show signs of life. Um, we'll see. I mean, 0-4 with, you know, a good game against Tennessee wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, again, though, if they get to uh, if they get to 0-4, and that Atlanta game starts to look pretty, you know, uh, must win, we'll say, to keep any hope of the season alive. I know you've said all along you want to see the, in the hunt graphic, man, that, That's that, keeps, fa- that keeps fading. <laughs> that, that keeps fading week in and week out. So, uh, so we'll see. But, no, I just want to see competitive football. Just give me something to cheer for, man. That's the, the only thing I'm asking for. Totally agree. I think we're going to start to get it. It's going to take some time. Um, but as always, everybody remember to subscribe to our show on YouTube. I know we've seen a bunch of people subscribe recently and I know we gave out some prizes. I know we have to send one to one of our winners and one of our winners tweeted us the picture of his baby boy wearing a Jersey, which was awesome. So glad to see that. Um, don't forget to obviously subscribe to the feed on Apple, Spotify, or Google play, get our show, get will show draft season. I think it's coming back either next week or the week after I know October got to talk to those guys about it. And uh, last but certainly not, certainly not least, make sure you obviously join the Patreon. I know what the guys hit 1,800 uh, subscribers on the Patreon. Badlands is awesome. Yeah, I love Connor's All-22 breakdowns. I think it's really good for people who are trying to learn more about NFL film and just really like 
what it looks like, what the coaches are looking like. And Connor does a really good job of that. Um, we also have the sponsor that Joe had just mentioned to us today for uh, Tap Room for Badlands. More details will be coming out of, on that, but you guys will hear about it. Um, and also, we will be doing a watch party for, like, you know, all TOJ Badlands fans for the Indianapolis Colts Thursday night game in Hoboken, location to be determined, but we will let you guys know as soon as we have that. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. And-